I wondered as I saw the congregation gathering how we're going to all get in here tonight, but looks like we made it. I read in the Bible where Jesus was preaching certain cities, city of Capernaum, and uh, there was not room to get in. No, not even at the door. But there were some men who were determined to get a friend of theirs into the presence of the Lord. And they went up on the roof and tore a hole in the roof and let this man down right in the very presence of the Lord. Now you may not realize where you're at tonight, but Jesus said where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So if you're in this place tonight, you're in the presence of the Lord. You know the story. Jesus said to that paralytic man there, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And someone sitting around, they didn't speak it, but they thought it in their hearts. They said, This man speaketh blasphemies. For no man hath power to forgive sin but God. And they were right, except this man thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he said that thou mayest know that the Son of Man hath both power on earth to forgive sin, he said to the sick of palsy. Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. It always amazed me there wasn't room for him to get in, but somehow they made room for him to get out. And when the Lord gets a hold of your life, there'll be room for you too. Praise the Lord. So it's our privilege to be here tonight, and we do thank God that His mercy has been upon us, and I am what I am by the grace of God. None of us has anything to boast in tonight except that we are saved. And if you are a Christian, a child of the King, then you have something to be thankful for. As I look over this building here today and talked with the pastor and some of the workers here earlier concerning this building and the problems that was had concerning constructing this building, I think it's turned out beautiful, don't you? But I wondered, as the brethren told me that uh, the officials refused to let them build it any larger. I'm wondering if it was some kind of a club or a tavern or a beer joint or a dive or a dance hall or a ball stadium. I wonder how it would have turned out. You have to admit that we as holiness people are not a popular lot in this old wicked world. We don't fit in down here. Someone told me not long ago, said, Brother Rich, you're a peculiar man. Said, I, you look and feel, make us feel like you're a misfit down here. I said, you got it exactly right. I don't belong here. I'm just passing through here on my way to my heavenly home. I'm going to preach here in just a little while. The Lord will help us and if you'll help us. But before I do, I want to establish the fact that this building that we have here is not the church. Amen? This building that we're about to dedicate tonight, I repeat, is not the church. It is true it is the arm of the church. It is the tool of the church. But the church is the true believers who have been redeemed by that blood of the Lamb. Men can build buildings, but only Jesus can build a church. And hear him say in Matthew, as Peter made his great confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hear Jesus say, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Notice Jesus said, I will build my church. The church belongs to the Lord. He purchased it by his own blood. And so we here in this building tonight, we are here to dedicate this building to the glory of God and for the glory of God and to be used in the glory of God. I'm sure that this building is devoted to three main themes. Firstly, the preaching of the gospel to lost mankind. Amen. And the conversion of sinners. Building up of Christians in knowledge and spiritual truth. And a harbor can be found for troubled souls on the restless sea of life. My prayer is that sinners will find God in this place. And Christians will find a harbor where they can anchor those souls in such a troubled hour. And I pray with Brother Strickler that no strife or hatred or evil spirits or will ever be seen, heard, or spoken in this place here in which we're about to dedicate to God. I ask God to accept the offering of this church, this building, by blessing it always with His presence. For what would the church be? Well, I'll tell you what it is. All you got to do is look around and they turn some of the churches into bingo parlors. You know why they've had to do that? The presence of the Lord's not there. They turned some of them into ping pong and uh, pool. Thank you, brother. Some of them are nothing more than just a social club where people come and socialize and banquet and fellowship. Some are even having dances in the church. That's because the presence of the Lord's not there. And where the Spirit of the Lord is not present, you have to do something to hold the crowd. Oh, thank God where Jesus is at. There is a drawing force that draws men and women. That's why we need to lift him up higher tonight to a lost and dying world. I'm going to preach a little while and then I'm going to dedicate this building in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. 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 I'm glad for holiness, aren't you? Don't you like the holiness way? Hallelujah. I like it. Because it's what I believe. God, Jesus saved my soul and lifted me up, sanctified me, and gave me the Holy Ghost. And I want to do my part in the work of the Lord. I've already stated only Jesus can build the church. There are many congregations, but only one church. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I'm glad I'm on the right road. I know I've got the right doctrine. I know I'm preaching the truth. I know I'm not confused. Someone asked Daniel Boone one time, have you ever been lost? He said, no, I've been confused as high as four days at a time, but I've never been lost. But when he explained himself, he made it more clearly. He was saying, I never did lose my sense of direction. I knew north, south, east, and west. Never did lose my sense of direction. The church world has lost its sense of direction. But Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power that your faith might not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And when we fail to lift up Jesus and the cross 
We're not only confused, but we have lost our sense of direction. I guess sometimes all of us maybe become confused at times, but thank God we've got the road map, the compass, that that will take us back to where Jesus and his own cleansing blood is at. I want to read some scripture tonight. It'll be a little different probably tonight than most dedication sermons. I don't want to get too formal tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to be able, when this service is over, that you'll know that you've been in the presence of the Lord. The Bible said in the book of 1 Chronicles, the 28th chapter, in verse 20, I'm going to put a challenge before every one of us. Not only this church, but every one of us. Verse 20 of the 28th chapter, And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished. Until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. In the fifth chapter of Second Chronicles, the Bible said in verse 1, Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. Then I want to go into Luke's gospel. And this is what the Lord laid on my heart today. So if you don't like it, you'll have to check it out with the Lord. Amen. In Luke the 14th chapter, listen to what the Bible said in verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, setteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. And I want to preach tonight on is the church finished? Is the church finished? Is the church completed? It is important that we find out tonight if this church is as I look around, I don't see any pieces of sheetrock missing. I don't see any window panes out. I don't see any loose boards that needs to be nailed down. I don't even see any light fixtures that still need to be hanged. Carpet is on the floor. Yes, walls are painted. But I declare unto you tonight, that this church is not finished. This church is not finished. Now, in order to find out for sure if this church is finished, we must look at an example of something that has been completed. I don't think there is no greater example. I don't think there ever was a greater project, greater in scope, greater in magnitude 
than the undertaking to redeem sinful, depraved, corruptible man out of the hand of the enemy and restore him back to the sonship of of God Almighty. But God set out to undertake this project and to finish this project. God is a God that always brings things to completion. In Genesis 1, chapter 1, you'll find in that chapter that God enumerates His creation. In verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, So the heavens and the earth was finished. God brings things to completion. God's not a God that gets things halfway and then walks off and leaves them. We are plagued today with projects that we've started and never finish. But backslider, if you're here tonight, God did not quit you halfway down the road. You quit serving Christ. Listen to me now. Amen. God sent His Son into the world. Amen. Made of a woman. Made under the law. The Bible tells us that Jesus, even at the early age of 12, knew that he had a job ahead of him. And even in the temple at 12 years old, Uh as he discussed the facts with the doctors and lawyers, when his mother and father came looking for him, he said, Wished ye not or know ye not that I must be about my father's business. John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of my Father that sent me and to finish the work. I want you to know that Jesus had many opportunities to be detoured. For who else could have ever came opening blinded eyes, and unstopping deaf ears, causing the lame to leap like a heart? Who else could speak to the winds and the waves and they obey him? He was popular at times, and he could have been more popular. But he failed to let the praise of men dim his view of his purpose for being here on this earth. Oh, he could have drew a few followers after him, maybe thousands, maybe into the millions of his days. But my brothers and sisters, he was here for one purpose, and that was to finish the work that the Father sent him to do. I'm glad he did not stop short, but in Pilate's judgment hall, I hear him say, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, as it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. He did not draw back from the cross. He did not draw back from suffering. But in Pilate's judgment hall, when questioned and asked, Art thou the king of the Jews? It was Jesus that said to this end, Was I born? And for this cause came I into the world. Let me tell you, there was a reason Jesus was here. Amen. He was here on a mission for his father. And we know the story. After suffering under the hands of Pontius Pilate, after having his back beaten and laid over with bruises and wounds, as he started out toward Calvary and fell beneath the cross and the load, and then they compelled him and a serene to carry his cross. And Jesus went all the way to Calvary and there, suspended between heaven and earth with blood flowing from his veins, with a crown of thorns around his brow, with his back lacerated and beaten, and according to Josephus, the Jewish historian, his back was so beaten that his entrails were protruding from the wounds that was on his back. Why, yes, he could have called 12 legions of angels, but he was going to finish the work. Some mocked him. Some ridiculed him. Some said he saved others. But himself, he cannot say Lord, may I ask, is that a true statement or a false statement? Come on. He saved others. 
but himself he cannot save. That's what they said. But the Bible said he presently could have called But had he chosen to save himself, he could not have saved others. And that was his mission on earth, to make a plan of salvation. That men and women, boys and girls like Brother Don Rich could be saved. As he hang there, some mocking, some ridiculing, others, they have made fun and said, if you're a king, for our Christ, come down from the cross. Yeah. Had he came down from that cross, you wouldn't be here tonight. The Dean brothers wouldn't be here singing. Three men on the mountain, up on Calvary. Brother Stricker wouldn't be up talking about the blood. Brother Brother back there wouldn't be singing, he touched me. And Jesus came down off the cross. But thank God he stayed there until he paid the ultimate price. I said he paid the ultimate price. And he took my sins and your sins and buried him in his own body upon the tree. And he stayed there until, until, coming from the lips of this third man, this sinner man, this man on the sinner cross, come words that are not words of defeat, but they are words of victory. Three of the greatest words that has ever flowed from a man's lips when Jesus said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. But thank God he humbled himself lower than any other man. I said he humbled himself he became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Since he humbled himself lower than any other man, is it no wonder that God has exalted him higher than any other man and given him a name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Other great men have followed in his footsteps. Oh, yes. Yes, great men have followed in his footsteps. Here comes the Apostle Paul. And I was reading today as he enumerated his sufferings. In 2 Corinthians 11, 23. If you'll read down that list there of sufferings. My brothers and sisters, I wonder how you and I feel when we stand in the judgment yeah. and we say, well, somebody talked about me. Yeah. Paul rips his back and says, thrice was I beaten. Amen. 30, 40 stripes. How do we feel when we tell our yeah. little complaints? And men like Paul steps up and says, I was in perils often. I was hungry and naked, destitute. I was in crowds among my own fellow men. Then he ran into some of the same fellows I ran into in perils with false brethren. But he suffered it all. But hear this man say, none of these things move me. Neither can I my life dear unto myself. Why, Paul? That I might finish with joy. Do you hear it? That I might finish with joy. But if you can finish, it'll be finishing with joy. Oh, hallelujah. Paul reached out for the finish line. Now listen. He tells you and I to forget those things which are behind. Uh, well, that's hard to do. That's hard. Oh, yes.
anybody can remember sad stories. But you'll never go forward by looking back. You hear me? Hey, but you'll never progress any farther unless you have a goal in life. You're a backslider. You come back to God. I do appreciate that. If you're here tonight and you're away from God, we want to give you an opportunity later on to seek the Lord. Come on. But you do not have to backslide. It seems to be a doctrine among the holiness people. We don't preach it, but we sure do practice it. That you got to backslide two or three or four times before you can ever get established. I say this. For no glory of my own, only in the Lord. But over 30 years ago, Jesus saved my soul. I started out toward heaven, and I never have looked back. I'm still trying to finish my course. There came a day that Paul faced Nero's chopping box. Listen now. He stands and declares in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. Paul, they're coming after you. Yes, sir. Hear those footsteps? Yeah. You're coming down to the end now. Right. Oh, how about it? Nero's getting ready to take your head. How about it, Paul? I can see him turn, reach for his old hat. It says, I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished it. I have finished my course. Henceforth, there is a crown of life, a crown of righteousness laid up for me. Not for me only, but for all of them that love his appearing. Oh, yes. Now, back to the question. Is this church finished? Is this church complete? Is this church, and the brethren, I don't mean to refute your word, but the brethren told me that uh, the church was dead free. I got news for you. This church is not completed. It is not finished. And it is not dead free. Oh, say, well, Brother Rich. That's all right, Brother Rich. Carpets paid for. I'm talking about something besides carpet, sheetrock, amen, cinder blocks, amen. First of all, this church is in debt and deeply in debt to the blessed Savior. For Paul said, We are debtors, amen, not to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of this body, we shall live. We are debtors to Christ to live a sanctified life. Amen. Now we're in debt. You're in debt. Your church is in debt. We are, Brother Ed. Not only that, but we will be in debt if we hold anything in our hands. And fail to forgive our debtors. Uh, Amen. We will be in debt. Till we from our hearts. And can forgive. And love as our brothers said everybody. We are in debt. Secondly you are in debt. To those. Who may have had a vision. Before some of you others ever come along. Come on. About this church. All right. You're in debt to some that may have already crossed over. Who had a purpose in their mind to have a sanctuary in this place. A place where men can meet with God. Amen. We are in debt to those round about us. You are in debt to everyone around this church. Oh, wait a minute now. Not until every sinner that Christ intended for this church to be a witness to, as witness to, and the purpose for which this church is built has been accomplished, then and only then will the church be 
That's pretty strong, isn't it? Hallelujah. But until those that this congregation comes in contact with can see beyond the natural man and see Christ in you. And you wept until that person has a witness of the resurrected Savior. Hallelujah. Brother Stricker, you all out of dead up there yet? Amen, <laughs> hey, Brother Road Cap? No. Looks dead up there yet? Amen, <laughs> hey, Brother Road Cap? No. Looks like we're all dead tonight, aren't we? Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Looks like we're all in debt. Well, listen to me. Every sinner in this area needs a witness of Christ through us. Amen. And then that part of the debt will be paid. The church will not be finished until the pastor and the evangelist and the visiting ministers preach this word without compromise, without fear or favor of men, until we declare line upon line and precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, until we declare the word of God in When I leave here, I won't be dead free from this church anyhow. Because I'm not going to shun to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Amen. We are in debt. And this church will not be finished until every burden that was intended for you to carry has been carried to its fullest extent and finally laid down well there's so many shunning the responsibility that's why people get up and run off and leave the church they get up and run over here and run over there they don't want no responsibility some of them are like old community dogs you don't know who they belong to. Just belong to the community. See them on one side of town one day and over on the other side of town the next day. Eating out of this garbage can one day and got somebody else's garbage can turned over the next day. It's because they want to get out from under the weight and the load and the responsibility. But we are in debt. Hear Jesus say, or oh, the modernistic preachers, says if you'll serve God, Amen. It'll be a flowery bed of roses. You have hundred dollar bills in every pocket. A Cadillac in your garage. But Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And he declared, if any man would not bear his cross, he is not worthy to be my disciple. Well, there's a load to carry, and it's getting heavier. I'm kind of feeling like preaching. Yeah, I said, old community dog, back to him one more time. <laughs> you see him on one side of the town, over in this community. Who's that old dog belong? I don't know. I think he belongs over here, but I was over there and didn't see him. Come on now. I tell you, after a while, nobody sees that old community dog around anymore. Somebody gets tired of him turning over the garbage cans. Amen. Put poison out for him. Or shoot him. Let me tell you, you better get in the church. Shoulder the responsibility. Stay with it through the rough and tough. Oh, there'll be times of shouting. I don't care if Brother Stricker is known for shouting. I'm going to tell you, I haven't been there all that much. But you'll be there at his church sometimes when they're not shouting. You'll be there sometimes when they're bowed down heavier under the load. But sometimes I wonder if we're not closer to the Lord when we're bowed down under the load of the cross. When we're bearing the reproach of our blessed Savior. When we're standing for holiness and truth and righteousness. Than we are when we are shouting. Well, till the load is carried, we'll be in debt. 
Amen. Amen. Brother Roadcap having any trouble, trouble getting folks to carry the load? Oh, hallelujah. I believe there's a song that says, I'll carry the load. Here comes the glad God. For Jesus, my Lord, I'll gladly call on. Some folks say, hell, if we could just be like Brother Rich. Amen. I had young preachers to tell me. Well, we could just be like Brother Rich. Amen. Don't look like he's got any problems. One young brother told me last night, y'all know him, said I was preaching down in South Carolina. and said they shut me down for preaching holiness. I said, really? I've been shut down more times than you've got finger and toes for preaching holiness. Oh, yes. I don't think you're going to always go over. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you'll open doors for me where nobody else will preach holiness, I'll go and preach holiness. I didn't know the Lord was listening to my prayer. First thing you know, big charismatic camp meeting called me. Said, we heard a couple of your tapes from Savannah, Georgia, CM Butler's. We're wondering if you'd preach our camp meeting. Yeah. I said, well, I'll have to pray about it. Never heard of these folks before. And I prayed about it. The Lord said, you remember what you told me in prayer? Yeah. I said, all right, I'm opening the door for you. Go preach. Yeah. Tell you the truth, we was not ready. My family nor I was ready for what we saw when we got there. I'm telling you the truth. The preacher's wives came to the day services in their shorts. Come on! Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm still talking about finishing this building here. We're going to wind it up here in a little while. Hold on, we got to put a little holiness in here for this to be seasoned just right. Song leader got up her hair all bobbed off and big earrings on her ears and that lizard skin looking stuff on her eyes. And I said, Lord, if there's any way to get out of this, I'm ready to go. The Lord took me back to where I was on my knees and said, you told me you'd preach it. Now I've got you in this place. Now you live up to your end of the bargain. Sometimes there is a load to carry. Sometimes there is a burden to bear. I just got out from under that, brother. Road captain, I come to your place and went hardly worth anything. Well, I, I was laboring under pressure there. Amen, those people. Amen, they'd dance across the floor. Amen, throw up their legs. Come in those little, what do you call those things? About half and half, half shorts and half pantsuit and half shirt. I don't know what you call them. Yeah, I come in them and song leaders singing and dancing. And brother... The men got to hugging and kissing the women. And the women got to hugging and kissing the men. And whoever they decide to dance with, they dance with. Hell, you want to trade places with Brother Rich? God said, now you get up and tell them that marriage is honorable and all. And the bad undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge and preach on the sensitivity of the flesh and how easy it is to be drawn away by the lust of the flesh. So I got up and preached it. It's all you can do when you tell God you'll do it. So after three nights, they called me in and said, Brother Rich, we made a mistake in getting a man of a different faith in here to preach our camp meeting. Said, we would like, if you will, just quietly get your things and leave on out. I said, now, brethren, this meeting's supposed to go through Friday night. I've got friends that's supposed to be in here Friday night, and this is only Wednesday night. What are you going to do with the, those homeless folk when they get here? And they're looking for me, and you've done set me down the road. Yeah. And so the older man in charge said, Preacher, our camp meeting committee met, and we have decided 
before you got here to give you $500 for preaching this camp meeting six nights. But said the way you're preaching, you won't get over $50. And he said, you know you can't stay here for $50. I looked at him. I said, you mean you think you might could get me $50? If you can, I'll be glad to stay for $50. Just let me preach the word of God to you. Finally, after much persuasion, they let me finish the camp meeting. But you know, God looks after his own. There's a rich man there and he came by and said, Hey, I hear they're threatening to shut you down and send you away with no money. He said, Don't you worry about it. I got plenty of money and I got you covered. Go ahead and preach holiness. You know, God's going to take care of his own. So they told me when I left, they said, We got news for you. Our budget, we don't know where that money come from. But we took in more than we ever thought we would take in. Said not only are we going to give you your $500, we're going to give you a $100 bonus <laughs> under this circumstance that you realize you can never, never come back to this campgrounds again. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to tell you, in order to bear the cross, in order to stand up for the right, Oh, you don't have to have no delegation with a man who belongs to God who's trying to finish his course. You don't have to spy on him to keep him straight. He's got one goal and that's to finish his course with joy and hear the final point. Well done now, good and faithful. So, we're in debt to carry the load till the sick these members are supposed to visit are visiting until the hungry are fed and the naked are cold we'll still be in debt oh my father my mother was a Christian woman all my life my dad did not get saved until many years later after, after we were all grown and my brother was preaching my father got saved I never heard my father sing. That's unusual, but I never even heard him sing not one song. All the time he was growing up, not one song. Heard him whistle a lot. Had a lot of little poems he liked to quote. I never heard him sing one verse of song. But he got saved one night. The next day we were working. I heard someone in the next next room over singing a song. It was my father singing. You know what he was singing? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left its crimson stain. But he washed it white as snow. Hallelujah. So we're in debt. And this church will not be finished. Until this pastor. Or whoever's a pastor here stands on the sunny banks of sweet deliverance with the little flock that God's given him that he's protected that he's defended against the wiles of sin and the devil until he can stand before God amen and hear him say well done thou good and faithful servant enter thou into the joys of the Lord then you can say humble but unashamed Lord I have finished the work that you have called me to do now I have another question for you will we be able to finish it come on will we will we be able to finish remember this man started to build and he was not able to finish and all that passed by mocked him and said this man began to build and was not able to finish did you count the cost come on before you started come on brother did you realize some of your own kinfolk would turn against you when you stood for holiness did you know that amen I'll have to admit 
that I underestimated the cost, but I'm still willing to pay the price. Let me ask you this. Will the art deceiver, the devil himself, and the imp stand back and mock us saying, this people began to build and was not able to finish. I declare unto you and I challenge each one of you to lay the work of God upon your heart. Stand in the gap, as my brother said, and make up the hedge. Because I do not want to leave behind an unfinished task. In my last statement today, it would have been better for us Better weigh this out now. You'll think I'm preaching wrong. But it would have been better for us never to have begun to build. Amen? Than to fail to finish and complete our task. If we're not willing to make the sacrifices, if we, if we shrink from the cost involved, if we fail to fight the warfare, to hold the true Bible doctrine. And don't be surprised nowadays if there's not a lot of false doctrine trying to squeeze in and float in. But there's a lot of it running around. Men running around with soft words wanting you to pad their pockets. Amen. Wanting you to amen, take care of them and help that you do about anything you want to do. Oh, yes, there's lots of them around in this world. But unless we're willing to bear the reproach, it is better not to begin than it is to begin and not finish. At least by so doing and not beginning, we will avoid the scandal, the shame, and the mocking of the unfinished task. Brother, I don't know about you, but I'm bound for the promise. Amen. I'm bound. Amen. For a better world. I want to finish it. I'm going to bring it down to each individual now. Everyone that is a Christian, you have started. But will you be able to finish? Did not I read in Matthew 24, 13, He that endureth, to the end, the same shall be saved. No matter how rough the road gets, you've got to stay in there. I stood with my wife before a holy man of God in a church underneath the eyes of the Almighty God. Come on, brother, come on. 33 years ago. Come on, brother. And I took a vow before God. Not forsake all others. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'd cling and cleave to my wife. Yeah. And I would love her. Yeah. Cherish her. Amen. Through sickness. Through health. Yeah. For richer. Mm-hmm. For poorer. What? For better, for worse. Right. That means uh-huh. no secret, sweetheart. Uh-huh. No.
as black as he used to be. Amen. I'm getting closer yeah. to my mark. Yeah. And I remember preaching one time in a church and they, my children were small. Yeah. They shut me down in the middle of the week for standing for the truth. Come on. Took my wife, my children, didn't have no money. Went out on the side of the road. We slept in the car, had a little bit of money. I said, no, I had a little bit of money. Bought a milk for the children. Loaf of bread, pound of baloney. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Sit out there. <laughs> ate that baloney, drank that milk. Fed the baby's milk. Hey, Amen. Got out the next morning. Looked to the Lord and renewed my mind. Yeah. I said, Lord, you call me. Uh -huh. I told you I'd go. Lord, here I am. You're going to have to take care of me. Yeah. I'd like to tell you, all of these years that I've been uh -huh. preaching the gospel, I have never asked for a dime. Uh -huh. I have never asked for a penny. Uh -huh. I have never got in the pulpit and begged for money. All right. I never hinted to anybody that I wanted their money. All right. Oh, I put my heart into finishing this task. Right. And my God is a my course with joy oh you say brother rich is going to get tough out there and i know there is a difference of opinion concerning the coming of the lord and the last days of the last end i'm not here to get an argument or controversy but if it gets tougher i still want to finish my course with joy if the burden gets heavier i still want to finish my course with joy there is no burden too heavy Amen. No pains too severe to bear. No price too great to pay to see the king in all of his beauty and all of his glory. To look inside that heavenly world and see the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Are you going to finish it? Are you going to finish? Is this church going to finish? Will it finish? Will it do what God's intended purpose for him? You know, it's not just a, something to look at. No. Although it's beautiful. Come on. But it has a purpose here. Yes, sir. Amen. Oh, I've already stated to you. A place where the gospel can be preached. Where souls can be saved. Yes. And there's so many that are troubled out there now. They need a harbor for their soul. You'd be surprised at the wrecked and ruined lives that somebody needs to point to the church. So God, we wonder why the little holiness church on the corner. Wonder why this little church is here. There's all kinds of churches around here. I've driven around a little bit today. Why this church? been easy for this congregation to go into obscurity after the church was wrecked. Amen. Been easy for the little flock to get scattered by declaring to you that you was just as much a church when you was down there in Brother Wayne Kidd's basement as you are right here. Amen. Do you understand that? But it'd been easy for you to get scattered. But somebody must have had a desire to finish the work that God has called you to do. Oh, Father in heaven, hallelujah, help us not to stop short of the goal. I read about a man by the name of Bret Hart. Some of you may have read it. He was a miner. Sold all that he had back here in the east somewhere and went to California. And gold digging days. He worked and tried to find claims of gold. Spent all that he had. Gave it up. Threw his pick in the ground. And said, I'm going back to where I came from. You read it. A man came, found the pick, turned it over, 
And there was the gold. If he just turned over one more pickful, maybe one more day of living holy before God, maybe one more day of saying no to the devil and temptation, maybe one more time of being faithful to God's house and God's workers and God's men, maybe one more time and you'll come to the end of your journey. Oh, I don't want to leave behind an unfinished task. I don't want to say, Brother Road Cap, when Brother Rich is gone, well, he started. But, oh, he didn't finish. He preached all over the country. 39 different states I've preached in and several foreign countries. None of that will avail if I do not finish my course. Not a bit of it will avail one thing unless I finish. Are you determined to do your part? Some of you are discouraged tonight. It's easy to get discouraged now. But remember, the goal lies ahead of us. So many feel like even in the holiness church we'll get saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. We've reached our goal We'll sit down. Neighbor, you haven't reached your goal. You've only reached the door where you can enter in and start doing something for God. Amen? Will you finish? How many is determined to finish this race? Know ye they that run in the race, run all. But one receiveth a prize. So run that you may obtain. One more statement. In... Westville, Oklahoma is having a little track meet of grade school students. I wasn't there. Brother Jeff Utter was telling me about it before he died. Had little, different little boys running in that track. Asked different ones what they were doing there and some were saying they was there to represent their school. Others was there and going to run fast because their father and mother was there watching them. Asked one little old boy, said, what are you doing in this race today, son? He said, I'm in it to win it. In it to win it. Well, you can guess who won the race. I'm he's the one that won. And I'm in it to win it. That's what I'm doing here in Virginia tonight. I'm in it to win it. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Oops. Brother, would you bring your wife up here tonight? We're going to pray a dedicatory prayer. Amen. And then we're going to give folks an opportunity to seek God. How many agree with me that they did a beautiful job on the finish of this little church? And even though it's small, it's not too small for the mighty God of heaven to dwell in. Hallelujah. Yes, he can come down here. Amen. I felt him already tonight. Hallelujah. 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 It's beautiful, and the workmanship. I've looked it over. I didn't just pass by. I, I, I stopped and looked some of this work over. I have to. I do a lot of missionary work, and we dedicate a lot of churches in Mexico. Some of that work is awful rough down there. But I guess they do the best they can. But uh, this workmanship is excellent here, and we do appreciate all those that labored. And if you didn't do nothing but say a prayer, that prayer was important. Yeah. Amen. That prayer was important. If you didn't do anything but encourage those that were working. You know, we built a church where I go to church when I'm home. Not too long ago, some of the sisters, bless their hearts, they weren't working too much out there on the job, but they'd sure bring the food out there. And I remember they was putting up those big trusses. Uh, when they rolled in all that fried chicken, what a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. So everyone that's taken apart and everyone that will lay this church to heart, say, Brother Rich, so far I haven't had anything to do with the church. I've told you it's not finished yet. Amen? You can play a big part in finishing this church by praying for this pastor and his wife and those that attend this place of worship and especially for the sinner 
and the backslider that come through those doors. I can remember when folks came in with sin in their life and they didn't feel comfortable around us. Too much of God in the midst of the congregation. And if the glory of God's not in the congregation, there'll be nothing there to convict the sinner. So you can play your part. If you do not attend this church, if you go to another church, this church can still be in your prayers.